0: to grace. We are a Christ-centered community intent on proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and sacrificially serving Jesus. And it really is a wonderful blessing to be together worshiping. I know it might feel rushed as you're coming to sit, but what a blessing to be together. Um, we have quite a few things coming up. So just by way of announcements, you can look at these blue cards that we gave you. Uh, that'll tell you everything that's coming up. And you can use that QR code at the bottom to sign up. But just to highlight a couple things, we have baptisms coming up on Easter Sunday. So if you've Uh, never been baptized but you believe in jesus uh, it's time to be baptized so let us know you can sign up for that and then also there's going to be a class on wednesday april 14th and 21st on how to study the bible for yourself so if you're interested in either of those check it out on the card and if you would stand with me we're going to read from psalm 135 as we begin our worship together this morning psalm 135 says praise the lord And Father, we long to, to praise your name and to worship you this morning. So please help us tune our hearts to sing of who you are. Help us to see your glory and be transformed into the image of Christ more and more this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus and for his honor and glory and kingdom. Amen.
1: It's a gift to see you all this morning. If you're joining from the live stream, hi and welcome. We're going to start by singing, Come People of the Risen King.
0: Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and we get to start the final chapter of Ecclesiastes today. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. And if you are able to remain standing, please do. Ecclesiastes, we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 12. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity." You may be seated we're going to pray together and this morning we want to remember one of our missionary families uh misael and yolanda morello run uh help run an orphanage in mexico and so we will be praying for them and remembering them this morning and so uh if you would let's pray together for them and for our time together father we worship you for all that you are in your majesty and your glory and your goodness and your kindness your wisdom your your creativity in creating this entire universe and you spoke it into existence and you uphold it by the word of your power and yet you are mindful of us and you've rescued us in your son jesus and you've given us your spirit and opened our eyes to the truth and so we worship and we praise you for that we thank you lord we ask that you would help misael and yolanda that you would give them godliness personally, that each of them would be close with you, that they would be deep and rooted in your word, Lord, and that their marriage together would be strong and that they would grow in their love for each other. Lord, we pray for the kids that they serve, that they would be saved, that the gospel would be clear to them and that it would penetrate through to their hearts and that they would believe and have eternal life. And pray also that you would place them in homes that are healthy and that are um, believing homes where the gospel is taught. And um, Father, we pray that the entirety of the country of Mexico would be penetrated by the truth of your word and that um, people who are currently rejecting and ignoring you would come to faith in Jesus. And Lord, we remember all of our missionaries and all of our brothers and sisters around the world as their suffering. We pray that you would strengthen and sustain and uphold them um, Lord, we we ask that you would build your church, which you have promised to do. And Lord, this morning, as we turn to Ecclesiastes 12, remind us of our frailty. Remind us that we came from the dust, we will return to the dust. And Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can get a heart of wisdom. Conform us to the image of your son this morning. Help our weak, frail love for you to grow and to deepen. And Lord, show us new new ways in which you are good and kind and beautiful and glorious and help us to rejoice even more this morning in you we praise you and we thank you for the hope that there is for all who trust in jesus it's in his name we pray amen
1: our hope in life and death Christ alone Christ alone
2: is our hope in life and death Christ alone
1: for this morning. Um, I think of a a brother a long time ago who said, we kiss the wave that throws us on the rock of Christ. Um, That is hard to do. Uh, And yet, thank you for the words in this song. Who stands above our stormy trials? Who sends the waves that bring us onto the shore of the rock of Christ? Um, it's you God. And so we put our hope in you. We remember that you are you're good and faithful, even when life and people are not. We thank you that we can we can trust you and bank um, bank our entirety, bank our future, bank our everything on you. Um, if Christ be anything, he must be everything. And we ask that through singing and through your word. and as we move through this week and interact with the world that you've placed us in, um, we just ask that you would continue to prove yourself as our everything. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Sometimes we forget when we need to remember. Sometimes we'll forget a name, a birthday, anniversary, appointment, some crucial fact. We try all sorts of things to try to remember. We, we ask someone to remind us. We set an alarm. We convert words to pictures and pictorial storage to remember lists of items. We, we use memory spots and stacking and rhymes and mnemonic, mnemonic devices. We work on names. And still, we find ourselves forgetting. And it same is true spiritually. We tend to forget God. Uh, from the beginning, mankind forgets God, uh, neglects to remember, uh, chooses not to remember. Uh, we can't recall or we rebel. God even said in Jeremiah 2, my people have forgotten me days without number. And now... As Solomon is closing in on the finish line in Ecclesiastes, we're in uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. There is this insistent command. And the command is, remember God now. Remember God now while you have this opportunity. Remember God now in this window of time. Solomon has been summing up the book. For the first nine chapters, he's basically telling us self sufficiency is off the table. It's out the window. Uh, only God knows. Only God satisfies. Only God saves. We can't figure this out. And then he's been making these strong commands. Chapter 10, be sensible. Chapter 11, be joyfully bold. In fact, last week we looked at verses 9 and 10 in chapter 11 and we saw those five imperative commands. Rejoice, walk, know, remove, put away. It really combined to give a a really sweet way to live. Rejoice in God as you live your life, realizing judgment is coming. So put away evil and do good. Now, the command is be godly. Be godly. As, As he comes to the end of the book and he's summing it up, Fear of God as judge now gives way to remembering God as creator. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, verse one tells us. We're gonna look just at verse one today. We'll pick up the other verses another day. But just today, verse one, but I wanna remind you what a beautiful passage this is and what a poetic passage this is. Even as body parts are winding down as described in verses two through six, We have these images of aging. First, a dilapidated house, and then nature, and then a funeral procession. Charles Bridges said, we're drawing now from the highest school of instruction, the deathbed. Ernest Becker wrote the 1973 book, The Denial of Death, and how we develop strategies to fend off our awareness of mortality and our vulnerability, and we we pretend that we are immortal. We pretend that we're going to live forever. But what we have learned, if, if you've learned anything as we've been going through Ecclesiastes, what you learn is you have to live in light of death. You cannot live right unless you face death. Living in light of dying opens up the door for a godly perspective on life. And so as we look at verse one, we're seeing this idea of remembering God. You ask the question, what are we being asked to do? What are we we being commanded to do? It's very simple, remember. Remember means to acknowledge, it means to recall to your mind, it literally means to remind yourself and to keep something in your remembrance. It, It literally means to make a memorial like an Ebenezer stone, where in the Bible, they set up stones and said, thus far the Lord has helped us. We're going to remember this. Remember literally means to put a mark on something so that you'll remember who it belongs to. It's like putting your name on your backpack. I have a friend who has his wife put his his name on his Yeti coffee mug with his phone number, and it's etched in, so if he loses it, no one else wants it, because it's got his name on it. Someone will say, wow, this belongs to someone else. To remember is to put a mark in your mind, and it's more than just not forgetting, it's acting on what you know, it's remembering God. You think about who he is, and you act accordingly. To remember means to make something or someone central in your mind. And we are talking here about making God central in your mind and in your heart. So the question who is very easy as well. It's your creator. Your creator, God Almighty. Now creator here in Hebrew is plural, and it signifies a greatness of majesty. We're talking about God Almighty. We're talking about the triune God. We're talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And notice... How personal it is. Your Creator. Your Creator. The one who made you. The one that you are to acknowledge or face the consequences. I think of Acts chapter 17. I was looking at that a lot this week, shared it with a couple groups. And I was just struck by the fact that here's Paul showing up in Athens and he starts conversing with Epicurean and Stoic philosophers and they start calling him names as he is preaching Christ and the resurrection. And they say, you're an idle babbler. That was a a, a huge put-down. You're a, a preacher of strange divinities. They're IDing him as a crazy, like you're out of your mind, buddy. But Paul gets dragged into the Areopagus right before them, and they demand him to tell them what this new teaching is. And instead of lambasting them, instead of putting them down, instead of fighting against them, he just says, look, I noticed that you're really religious and that there's a a headstone here to an unknown God. I'm going to proclaim to you what you don't know, what you've admitted you don't know. And he preaches Jesus strongly. The upshot of it is this. Some kept mocking. Others said, we're going to hear you again. And others believed. I want you to believe what the word says today. You shouldn't be mocking what God says, but you also shouldn't put it off for another day what Solomon is commanding you to do. Remember your creator. Remember. There are so many reasons to remember God. First and foremost is he is the creator of all. I mean, he made this marvelous creation for us to enjoy. But secondly, he's the giver of your life. It is very personal. He made you. He gave you life. He provided everything you have and all your family and friends that support you and surround you. And as Ecclesiastes says, he gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. He gives you what you have and enables you to enjoy what you have. You need to remember God because he is creator, but also because he is the giver of your life. You also need to remember God because he is primary. He is first priority. He is preeminent, as Colossians 1.18 says of Christ that he might come to have first place in everything. What you'll find is that if you do not remember your creator, you will not truly enjoy life. If you're someone who says, you know, I don't need God in my life. I don't need what he has to say. I don't believe in him. Maybe you're an agnostic. Maybe you're an atheist, and you say, I don't need God. What you're going to find out is he is primary You won't enjoy life until you remember him. And unless you focus your life on doing his will, you will be in misery. Because there's another reason to remember God. Just remind you of what we saw last week. God is your ultimate judge. Your ultimate judge. Spurgeon put it this way, many have forgotten God days without number. And then he says, oh, my beloved comrades in the army of Christ, may you all be preserved from such a curse. Some have forgotten God by self-seeking. Though once they seemed to have a zeal for God, now their zeal is entirely to push their own way. Anything and everything except the glory of God and the love of souls. Yet they profess to be God's people even now. To make self our God is a thing accursed in the highest degree. We need to remember God because he is the creator of all. He is the giver of your life. And he is primary and he is your ultimate judge. And when are you to remember God? This verse tells us, remember also your creator in the days of your youth, while you're young, while you're relatively young. Now, seriously though, this is really for elementary kids and junior hires and high schoolers and college students and young adults. And the rest of you can can listen in if you'd like. But Solomon says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Just like he said in the last chapter, rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Here is an older man who's been there and done that and fallen on his face and stepped in the mud and has a few dents in the fender, and he is saying, listen to my advice. I have some wisdom for you. Remember your creator in the days of of your youth. This really is for those who are younger. But I do think in the days we're living now, right, you know, 50 is the new 40 and all of that that when we're living longer lives and you have strength at at older ages, we can all take this to heart. Remember God. This is the the, the message of verse 1 is remember God now in your relative youth. In your relative youth. There are definite advantages, not guarantees, but there are definite advantages to remembering God when you are younger. What does the psalmist say in Psalm 119, verse 12? How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. He says, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander far from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's not like being a squirrel and storing it up for the winter. That's putting it in your heart now so you can practice it now. So that you can do it now. Psalm 34, 11 says, come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 1 Timothy four, twelve. Paul says to Timothy, who was a relatively younger man at that point, but He was probably in his 30s, and he said to him, let no one despise you because of your youth or your youthfulness, but rather set the believers an example in your speech, in your conduct, in your, in your faith, in your love, in your purity. Remember God in the days of your youth while you are young. How do you do that? How do you remember God? You remember to remember. You remember to remember. I mean, there are plenty of things that we forget to remember, sometimes on purpose. We forget to apologize. We forget to do our responsibility. We forget the painful things and we avoid those things. and We neglect things on purpose. Remembering is the discipline of calling something to your mind purposefully, where you know who God is and you act upon what he has said in the word. David Murray said this, our our enemy says, youth for pleasure, middle age for business, old age for religion. You know, wait, wait till later for God. That's what our enemy says, youth for pleasure, middle age for business, old age for religion. The Bible says, youth, middle age, and old age for your creator. All of life for God Almighty. Murray goes on to say it's especially in our youth that we are most inclined or maybe even determined to forget our creator. It is especially in these years that we must work to remember our creator. He speaks of these years as energetic years, sensitive years, teachable years, But also dangerous years, that the days of youth are energetic, they're sensitive, they're teachable, but they're also dangerous. He calls them the minefield years, where hormones and peer pressure and alcohol and drugs and pornography and immorality and testosterone are, are in the minefield, and that dangers abound on every side and on the inside. And he says, many first temptations become last temptations. We need our Creator to keep us and to carry us through this battlefield, through this minefield. What does it look like? What does it look like to remember God? What does it look like to remember God in your youth or in your relative youth? First, it means to believe God. You'll notice that verse 1 says, Remember also your creator, that you would be believing that God is your creator. Hebrews 11:6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him, those who seek him diligently. So if you say, well, I'm an agnostic, I'm an atheist, I don't want God, What you have to do if you want to remember God is believe that he exists. And let's say that you say, oh, I believe that he exists. Then you need to believe you have a creator and you need to gain a literal understanding of Genesis chapters one and two. That you would open your Bible up and read Genesis chapters one and two as a five-year-old would read it, as a fifth grader would read it, as a 15-year-old would read it. Straight up, read it, As it stands, and what you will find is that will cause you to reject all evolutionary ideas. If you want to remember that there is a creator, then you need to reject all evolutionary ideas. Because evolution and their influence, it says, there is no God. That everything happened by chance. The Bible tells me that God works all things after the counsel of his will. If you're a believer, you need to believe you have a creator and gain a literal understanding of the first few chapters of Genesis and reject all those evolutionary influences. In Isaiah chapter 46, it says, Remember this. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to your mind, you transgressors. Here is God pointing out our sinfulness. See, remember the former days of old. I am your God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me. Almighty God must be acknowledged. You need to believe that you have a creator. And right here in 2021, if you want to believe in your creator, then you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Bible says created the world. God the Son You need to receive your creator's salvation. And let's say you are in the category of saying, I don't want the gospel. I don't want Jesus. I don't believe in who God is. I don't even believe he exists. And that every time that you hear the gospel message, your heart grows harder because you reject it. When you hear that God the Son was sent to earth, In God's perfect time, God incarnate, born of a woman, born under the law that He might redeem those under the curse of the law, under the curse of sin. And He died on the cross in your place for your sins. And He was buried, and He rose from the dead on the third day. And He is now reigning, exalted at the right hand of God, and He is praying for every believer. And that he is returning. His return is imminent. It will be bodily. It will be visible. And it is at the moment of God's choosing. And every time that you hear this message and you reject it, another callous builds up over your heart. You need to remember God. Believe that he is your creator. And believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And let's just say you are the one that has been rejecting God's salvation. You've been rejecting your Creator, and it has broken you in pieces. And let's say that it's the kind of pieces that no one else can see, but internally, you are always in agony. You need to know something that if you turn to Christ, He will forgive you your sins. He will remake you. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation. The old things have passed away, new things have come. He will give you a new life spiritually. You need to repent and believe. You need to turn from your sins and believe in Christ. John Owen put it this way that God remembers the duties we forget and forgets the sins that we remember. Hebrews 10:17 quote in the Old Testament quoting God, who says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. That's mercy. That is pure grace. That is the love of God shed abroad for you. For, regarding salvation, too, I, I don't want anyone here today who is older to be discouraged Think of it this way, you might say, "But I'm old, it's too late for me, my heart's too calloused. God can open your heart to the gospel right this very moment. And you need to think of it this way, in compared to the eons of eternity, you are still in your relative youth. The oldest among us, you're young. It's not too late. Your heart is beating. Blood is coursing through your veins. We don't need to go get the defibrillator. You're good. You're here. It is not too late to remember your creator before death comes even nearer to you. Second Timothy 2.8, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Martin Lloyd-Jones put it this way, Christians are those who before Everything else are conscious that they owe everything to the grace of God. If you're saved by Jesus, you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. You need to remember your creator in your youth. There are some numbers I have used throughout the years, and I don't even know how, Accurate they are, but I believe they hold some weight for a long time. I would use these numbers to to jumpstart people's passion to get the gospel out to the youngest amongst us. And these were the these were the numbers: 85 414. 85 414, which stood stands for that 85% of people who become believers do so between the ages of four and 14. I don't know how accurate those numbers are. All I know is that far more people who become Christians do so in youth than in middle and in old age. We believe the Bible teaches very strongly what is known in theological circles as total depravity. What that means is that we are sinful enough to be sent to hell for our sins and we can get worse. As the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we believe in total depravity. You are sinful enough to be sent to hell and you can get worse in your sins. And as one person put it, as we get older, our hearts get thicker. Our conscience is seared. Our sins root deeper. Our deadness becomes deader. Deadness becomes deader the older you get not acknowledging God. Everyone I know that gets converted to Christ later in life always expresses regrets. They say, I feel like I have to make up for lost time because of all the time I squandered going my own way. I want to encourage you today. If that's you, and you were converted to Christ later in life, think about today. christ is your Lord. You are following him. You love him with all your heart because he first loved you. So just value now. Ring it dry of every opportunity to serve Christ. Believe God now. What else does it look like? Not just believing in Jesus Christ, but receiving his word. You're going to remember God in your youth. You need to believe in Jesus Christ and also receive his word that you need to hear and do the inspired, inerrant, infallible, authoritative, conscience-binding word of God that lasts forever, that you would want to know God and you get to know him through his word. Yes, you see God's, God's existence as you study his world and use microscopes and telescopes and stethoscopes, but you need to study his word by using your Bible And word studies and commentaries and listening to sermons, and as J.I. Packer put it, in knowing God, you need, if you want to grow in Christ, you'd have a reverence for God and receive His Word. Reverence God and receive His Word. I love in the Old Testament how, how important God made it to the people to remember His Word in Numbers 15. It even went to the clothes they wore that they would put tassels on their garments to remind them of the word of God. In Numbers 15, verse 37, the Lord says to Moses, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and put a cord of blue, my favorite color, a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. Not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you incline to whore after. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. You need to receive his word. As 1 Chronicles 16 tells us, remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations, which means it goes on forever. It never ends. It's like Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of our God stands forever. It will never go away. It is eternal. You need to remember. You need to be like, 1 Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babies. What do they want? They just want their mother's milk all the time. They can wake you up in the middle of the night trying to get it. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word so that by it you may grow into, up into salvation. This is how you grow. As a young teenager, Jonathan Edwards in, in 1723 wrote out a series of thoughts and practices. We know him as his 70 resolutions. To cultivate growth in grace Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. And Edwards reread this list once a week. At the very top of the list, he put these words, Being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. And then he added a little note to himself. Remember to read over these resolutions once a week. You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to remember God in your youth, in your relative youth, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to receive his word, but you also need to please him. Please God. As Paul said, our ambition is to be pleasing to God. That you would follow the order he has set up. Even Isaiah, in Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. He gave this pattern of six days work followed by one day of rest to contemplate his works. You think of honoring his design in life, for life, for marriage, that marriage is between one man and one woman. Honor his design for family. Honor his design for the church. This is how you remember God. This is how you acknowledge God. It, the advantages, by the way, of following him while you are young, are exponential. In Second Chronicles, chapter 34, we run across a very young king, an eight-year-old king. I'm thinking we should start doing this in our American politics. You know, become president at age eight, because then there's no dirt on you. Nothing to dig up. Look what they did when they were five. Nothing like this. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Verse 3, for in the eighth year of his reign, age 16, while he was still a boy he began to seek the God of David, his father. And in the 12th year, age 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the ashram, and the carved and metal images. Josiah resolved to remember God at a very young age. And surely he had wise advisors and Older people pointing him in the right direction. This is the way, walk in it. And Josiah said, we are not going to do idolatry. You know, we've been talking a lot about, as a church, about what's called progressive Christianity, which I say is regressive and oppressive. It's a false gospel. It's false teaching, and, and we need to bring these kind of things up but every one of us needs to be very careful. It is very easy to be against one sin and then be for a bunch of other sins. And what will happen is we will call out certain sins and then condone other sins. I was just reading an article this week by Samuel Say called Preparing for Perseverance. Just hear some of the things he was saying. He said, if I'm not preparing myself for persecution, I'm not preparing myself for perseverance. Our culture is increasingly hostile to people like me. He's a black man. Not because of what I look like, but because of who I want to be like, Jesus Christ. Many think I should be worried about systemic racism against black people. I'm concerned about persecution against Christians. And then he says this, many of us young men, are so quick to publicly criticize pastors who are unwilling to defy the government. But how many of us are unwilling to privately defy Satan? How many of us are unwilling to fight against porn? If our faith isn't strong enough to make us say no to porn, we shouldn't be so sure our faith would be strong enough to make us say yes to prison. And he closes with this, strong faith. Starts in our private rooms, not in public court. Think. Think about it. I mean, your TikTok, your Visco, your Insta, your Finsta, your Snapchat, your Facebook, your shadow accounts, whatever it is in your life right now that is either blatantly public or you're, you're, hiding, you're hiding it, you're keeping it hidden from everyone except God. Ask yourself the question, does it please my creator? Does it please him? You need to believe in Jesus Christ and receive the word of God and please God and worship God. One more, worship God. Both organically in your heart and organized with the household of God. Good job today showing up to gather with the people of God, people. There is joy in worshiping God. I love what Psalm 96, verse 9 says Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Psalm 105, verse 5. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. What you're to do is join your Creator's friends. Christian fellowship is necessary, it is essential. Build friendships with those who remember God. Don't forsake the assembly. As Hebrews 10 commands, do not forsake the assembly of believers. But you know, you can show up and still forsake the assembly because you were here, but you willfully and persistently might be leaving other Christians in the lurch, leaving them to fend for themselves. It isn't enough to show up, but we are to engage With our lives. I know that there are some whom I dearly love who will not reconvene with God's people in this moment. And they're not homebound for health reasons. They could be here with us. And it hurts my heart because what I want to say to them is you are needed You are needed in the body of Christ. And it's too easy to stream. Too easy to stay in your jammies. And I would just say, if you're not homebound for health reasons, please join us next week. Here. And what you're not going to get is, where have you been for so long? What you'll receive is a loving welcome from the people of God who are very glad that you are here together with the people of God. We are to give God our best, not our leftovers. I came across a little poem. I guess it's a poem this week. It says, leftovers are such humble things. We should not serve, we would not serve to a guest. And yet we serve them to our Lord who deserves the very best. You need to worship God in spirit and in truth daily and on Sundays with the people of God. That you remember God now while you have this window of opportunity. As as verse 1 says, look at the end of verse 1. Before the evil days come, and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Like Remember God now in your relative youth. And it's more than bringing him to mind. It's a call to action. It's a call to reverence, like verse 13 says. It's a call to fear God. It's a call to To, after observing all of life's pain, that you do what Solomon is commanding us to do focus directly, 100% on God Almighty, which matches Jesus' words very nicely. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't, Don't worry. You know, we sing, He's got the whole world in His hands, He's got your world in His hands. He's got every bit of you in his hands. You've got to remember. And it's interesting. I came across this. I hope it's true. It might, might not be true, but it sounded interesting that the brain, to remember, needs to actively forget. That researchers have found that evidence that neural systems actively remove memories. And it suggests forgetting may be the default mode of the brain. One researcher said, without forgetting, we would have no memory at all that if we remembered everything, we would be completely inefficient and our brains would always be swamped with unnecessary memories. Because there's a lot of things that God wants you to forget. All your righteous deeds, all your sinful acts. Wants you to repent and believe and follow Christ. It's like Paul says in Philippians 3, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is how you remember God in your relative youth. You serve him from the start, not the end of years. You begin with the end in mind. You don't just check the God box. You don't just live with a touch of Jesus. You allow God total control because it's already his, and you yield You surrender to the sovereign sufficiency of God Almighty or there will be no joy for you in life and no true remembering. Just remember your creator in the days of your relative youth. Believe in Jesus. Receive his word. Please him. Worship him. Lord, we thank you that this is ours because of you, that we can remember you now with our whole hearts, with all of our body, mind, soul, everything you've given us that in the days of our relative youth, we could believe you because you opened our hearts to believe and to receive your word and, and even to enable us to please you and, and to worship you, Lord. We do not know how many days you have ordained for us, but Lord, we want to serve you with all our hearts today. And we pray in Christ's name, amen.
1: Amen. Would you stand and join us as we close singing All I Have is Christ. The song is all about surrendering to the sovereignty and sufficiency of God Almighty. Join us in singing I once was lost. I
2: once was lost darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin I promised, joy and life, had led me to the grave. I had no hope.
3: for joining today. We have baptisms on Easter on April 4th. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus it has not been baptized, you need to obey Jesus by being baptized. We'll dunk you in the horse troughs, and you will remember it your whole life. It will be a good time of you giving a testimony of your faith in Christ, and us rejoicing in that. Also remember that after Easter, we've got a how to study the Bible class. We've got a membership class, other things coming up. But invite your friends to Easter to come join you here. And as we close, let's close with Philippians 3, which says this, not that I've already obtained it or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, what lies be- forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for this time we could worship you together. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to us, and may we please you in all of our ways. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.